Welcome to GFCN Online. We're taking a little bit of the online world and asking God to make it different. We're passionate about helping people connect to God and connect to their neighbor, and that's what we're trying to do in this online world. I'm Josh, and I'm walking with you through the Hebrew Bible. Today, we're looking at Psalms. Next week, we're looking at Daniel, and then we'll be starting a new series, and I invite you to join us in that conversation. Well, we're looking at Psalm 150. Stay tuned and check it out. If this is your first week with us, I'll have you know we're memorizing scripture together. So it's completely up to you, but this is a pretty short uh, memory verse for us to memorize together, so hopefully we can do it. This is Psalm 150, verse 6. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord, praise the Lord. If you've been with us for the last couple weeks, you should have that in mind. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Psalm 150, verse 6. So we're looking at Psalm 150. Check it out with me. Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heavens. Praise Him for His acts of power. Praise Him for His surpassing greatness. Praise Him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise Him with harp and the lyre. Praise Him with timbrel and dancing. Praise Him with strings and pipe. Praise Him with the clash of cymbals. Praise Him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So I've been walking with you through the Hebrew Bible. Uh, We've been looking at so much of the Old Testament. And this week is our second to last week. This is week 14. Uh, Next week will be week 15, and that will be our last. We'll start a new series. But we're in Psalms today, and Psalms are such a, a good thing to look at especially for right now. But I want to take a moment to pause before we look at the Psalms and just talk about where we've been. We've talked about exile recently um, and how exile is a stripping bear. It's a stripping bear of all the things we've trusted in. Um, That's the the Hebrew word, uh, gala, for exile means stripping bear. Um, And the Hebrews and the Israelites were stripped from the things that uh, they held on to. The, those were things like land and trusting in the land and, and trusting in the temple and trusting in uh, the monarchy and uh, the king of Israel. But then after we looked at exile, we looked at Micah and what Micah had to say as a prophet about exile. Uh, and Micah does something in that he says something's, something's wrong. Micah criticizes the way things are. And then offers imagination of the way things could be if God were to be involved. So offers a critique and then imagination. And that's a way of looking at prophetic scripture as made popular by Old Testament scholar Walter Brueggemann. Walter Brueggemann is one of the leading Old Testament scholars in the United States, and he also has some work that he does in the Psalms. And this will be great for us today because it, 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 it's, 
It's describing our world right now. I mean, so much of scripture does that. It describes the way things are. Uh, but I'm excited for this look. So Walter Brueggemann says that the Psalms can be separated into three categories. And if you're wanting a good devotional book to look at, uh, search on Amazon or somewhere, Spirituality of the Psalms by Walter Brueggemann. He has a longer book on the Psalms. It's very academic. Um, but the Spirituality of the Psalms is not academic. It's very devotional. And I'm, I don't even think it's 100 pages. But it's a great resource for you to look at the Psalms, read the Psalms, uh, and, and do so devotionally. But Walter Ruggerman in Spirituality of the Psalms separate the Psalms into three categories. Psalms of orientation. And these are Psalms that, uh, that just remind us how perfect the world is. How things are perfect. We're in into orient, we are in orientation when things are just perfect. We're comfortable. Um, so this is things like Psalms 8, or Psalm 8, or Psalm 24, or Psalm 33, or Psalm 104, or Psalm 133, or Psalm 145. Sometimes they're creation psalms, um, and they're highlighting the way the world is perfect. Everything's blessed, everything's comfortable, and we're just praising God for those blessings and that comfortableness. Um, oftentimes these are what we call creation hymns or creation psalms. But Walter Brueggemann calls them orientation because they're they're where we at when things are so comfortable and so easy. But then so Walter Brueggemann says, we move from psalms of orientation into disorientation. And this is the way that the world really works is we're in orientation. Things are perfect. Things are comfortable, easy. And then something causes us to realize, whoa, this isn't good. This isn't perfect. And just to put it in context for our world right now, we were worshiping, we were doing church, we were doing ministry. It was easy. It was comfortable. And then with the coronavirus, suddenly the way we've done worship, everything has changed. Now we're in disorientation. So these Psalms of disorientation, that's Psalms like Psalm 13, Psalm 35, Psalm 74, Psalm 86, Psalm 95, or 137. There's even more. Um, but these are the Psalms that remind us that something's broken. Uh, even, even the world we knew was broken. And, and sometimes when we're in disorientation, we look backwards and we say, oh, I wish I could get to that point. I wish I could, I wish I could go back to the way things were. This is the case for the people of Israel in these Psalms. Um, they, in, in the Psalmist will say, Oh, I remember with this, or looks looks back at this, um, and these are psalms that remind us of where we were. So some of these might be like Psalm thirteen, like I mentioned. How long, O oh Lord, will you forget me, forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long should my enemy be exalted over me? Uh, so there's these psalms of disorientation. The world's not perfect, and it's asking God to be involved, to, to change things. We have realized recently that um, <clears throat> we were comfortable. I've realized we were comfortable in the way we've done church and the way we've done ministry. Um, things were easy. We would say, we might have said at that point in time, things were perfect. What, what can we change? And now we've been going through disorientation. 
we have realized things aren't perfect. They weren't as easy as we expected. And we might be crying out, how long, O Lord, until you hear us? How long, O Lord, until you change things? How long, O Lord, until you step in? And when we look at this separation of the Psalms, Psalms of orientation, Psalms of disorientation, you can't get to disorientation unless you've gone through orientation. And once you go to disorientation, you can't go back to orientation, the way things were. But you can move forward, and this is the third category, and this is called newer orientation. And it's, it's, a, deeper, it's a deeper version of orientation. In, in new orientation, we have been through the hard times, and we can look back and say, God, you have brought us through these hard times, and we praise you even so. Uh, these psalms, if we're separating them, it might be psalms like Psalm 29, Psalm 47, Psalm 93, Psalm 97, Psalm 98, Psalm 99, Psalm 114, Psalm 148, and Psalm 150, which is what we look at today. It are these uh, the psalms that highlight God's power um, over top of other things. Not necessarily creation psalms, which are more of orientation, that the way the world is made is perfect. But these psalms highlight God's perfection and God's superiority over top of those other things. So this separation of the psalms of saying psalms of orientation, so these are saying nothing's bad has happened yet. It doesn't seem like anything bad ever will happen. We are oriented. The world looks easy. It's perfect. Things are comfortable. And then something happens and causes disorientation. So for our lives, we were in orientation. We were worshiping the way we were, doing church, doing life. Then we started to get news about the coronavirus. And then there started to be some, some encouragement towards social distancing. And then we got stay-at-home orders. And we've been in disorientation. Things have not been perfect. And we're asking God to be involved. And now we're looking at what does it look like to be in new orientation? How do we get to a point where we can say, like in Psalm 150, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty heavens, praise him for his acts of power. And we're highlighting this new orientation. Looking at, again, going back to the prophetic way, we've critiqued. Things weren't perfect, but now we're living in this new imagination, this new vision, this new world of what could be if God was involved. So that's a way of looking at the Psalms. Orientation to disorientation to new orientation. And if you take up a lifestyle of spiritual practice of reading through the Psalms regularly, this can be a great experience. You can experience this, uh, this stance in the Psalms as you're reading through them. You go from Psalm you know, 8 to Psalm 86 to Psalm 150. So if you're in a place right now where you're feeling comfortable, read through the Psalms. And uh, it can move you beyond disorientation into new orientation, or if you're at a place where you're feeling uncomfortable, turn to the Psalms. Or if you're at a place where you're in just a total newness, 
then turn to the Psalms because it's a great way for us to praise that newness together. Well, we, I think, and the way we've talked about it the last couple of weeks, church in America is in disorientation. It doesn't, it doesn't look the same. We're unsettled. It's changed. It's changing. It has been changing. We're in disorientation because we realize now when we look at it, well, it wasn't as perfect as we expected. And so we're trying to move to new orientation, but how does that happen? I'd like to take you through the Psalms as a whole, not just Psalm 150. The Psalms as a whole can be categorized into five different groups. So we have the first separation, um, the first few separations, really, what we, what, this organization of the Psalms, Psalms 1 to Psalm 150, have been organized with a certain pattern. And we separate this pattern in what we call books. So there are five books of the Psalms. There's book 1, which is from Psalms 2 to 41. There's book 2, which is from Psalms 42 to 72. Book 3, from Psalms 73 to 89. Book 4 from Psalm 90 to 106, and Book 5 from 107 to beyond, to, to 150. Um, now, when we're looking at these psalms and separating them, the first three books, so from Psalm 1, or Psalm 2, to Psalm 89, they focus on the the Davidic line. So Psalms 2 through 41, when it talks about things we can trust in, and we look at Psalm 41, it's the security of the king. It's the king. We can trust in the king. Send us a king. Then, when you turn to Psalms 42 to 72, it highlights the king's son. And then when you turn to Psalm 3, it's even David's descendants, King David's descendant. So what's happening here as we go through book 1, Psalm 2 to 41, through book 3, all the way to Psalm 89, the Psalms have been organized in a way where we're moving from orientation. Oh, we can trust in a king. We can trust in a king. We can trust in a king. Well, maybe we can't trust in that king. Well... And thinking about exile here and what that looks like. Maybe we, maybe we can't trust in that king. And so we say, God, give us another king. Well, can we even trust in that king? Can we trust in this promise at all? And then we move into books four and five. And so in books one through three of the Psalms, we realize we cannot trust in king. In book four... We have this statement, this like realization in Psalm 90, the start of book four of the Psalms. First, that Yahweh is king. God is king. Second, that Yahweh has been our refuge and past. Long before monarchy, long before there was a king, Yahweh has been our refuge. Third, 
Yahweh will continue to be our refuge even when the monarchy is gone. Even when we can no longer, we no longer have a king, we can't trust in a king, Yahweh will continue to be our refuge. And fourth, blessed are those persons who trust Yahweh. And this is the start of the, the movement towards new orientation of the Psalms. No longer can we trust in the way things were of the world. Looking forward, as, as some are starting to look at what is like, how do we come back together to worship? We have to keep this in mind if we're to live in new orientation. We don't trust in the tools or the patterns or this way of doing church or that way of doing church. We have to look to God. That Yahweh has been our refuge in past, long before we did church this way. Yahweh is king. Yahweh will continue to be our refuge, even when the church buildings collapse and fall away. And blessed are those persons who trust Yahweh. Wow. That's a movement towards new orientation. That's an imagination. That's a vision. That's a way of seeing what can happen if God were to be involved. So at the end of, we uh, get past book four into book five of the Psalms. Psalm 107 has a, a plea for those who are in exile to be gathered back. Okay, so we're in new orientation. Let's, we're in this place that God wants us to be. Let's call others to this place. We've realized that we can no longer trust in a particular building or location as the place in which we get God's word or God's message. So now we have to step into inviting others into experiencing God every moment of their lives. And that we get deliverance and life uh, through trusting in Yahweh. And Yahweh is the eternal king, the eternal trust, the only one worthy of ultimate trust. And human princes, human solutions, human politics withers and fades like grass, but the steadfast love of Yahweh endures forever. And that is the message of the Psalms. There are so many messages of the Psalms. Psalms some of it is in orientation. Some of it is in disorientation. But we end with the Psalm with this. Praise the Lord. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And the word for this is doxology. It's praise. It's hallel. Hallel in Hebrew means praise, and we say hallelujah. And doxology literally means a glory saying. It's a religious hymn or praise. And we do this. We, when we're in a place where the world is made new, where we see the world in a new way, where we want to see an alternative vision, a heavenly vision, to trust in, in God, not in royalty, not in politics, not in a building, but when we want to trust in God, we hold on to these doxologies, these glory sayings. And some of our most powerful expressions of praise can come out of our worst experiences as people. This the Psalms were organized, obviously the Psalms could have been written over a, a long period of time, 
but they're organized, we assume, as scholars, that the final form of the Psalms is compiled after the exile. And the people will rise from the depths of exile, come out praising. And I say, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. It's this most powerful expressions of praise can come out of our worst experiences as a people. And I invite you, um, now and forever, to join in doxology and to join in praise. It is a vision of the future, doxology is. It's, it's where heaven and earth can meet. And we can say, glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end, Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us as we've talked about the things that matter. Faith and, and doxology and praise and worship, even in hard times. I'm Josh, and I'm here at Gainesville First Church in the Nazarene. And for now, we're taking little bit of the online world and asking God, God, would you just make this different than everything else? Would you help us to experience you, connect to you, God, and connect to our neighbor? And that's why I'm glad that you've joined us, uh, and I'm so grateful and thankful that you've been a part of this conversation. We, as I've said, are passionate about helping you connect to God and connect to your neighbor. But we can't do this alone, and so I invite you, and we would be honored if you would join us on this journey of helping people connect to God, connect with their neighbor. You can visit us online at www.gainesvillenaz.com to partner with us through giving or through volunteering. We'd be honored, like I said, to partner with you. As we look towards the next few weeks, we'd like to continue to do this podcast, but you may have recommendations about what topics do you want to see or what how do you what do you want to see different email us at info at gainesvillenaz.com info at gainesvillenaz.com we'd love to hear your recommendations about uh, future series or things you'd like to see us do for now peace be the journey be blessed